Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. And we are chuckling away to ourselves because that is the second attempt to do it because I completely fumbled the first one. So my name's Julian Taylor and I'm joined by my good bald friend. Langdon DeMint. How you doing, Jules? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's been a... We were talking about it before um, for both of us. It's been a long week, I think, um, for various reasons. I, you know, I'll I'll let you start. You came to see me, and then I was not able to come to see you in Chicago. So, yeah. So I've, we're actually in the same time zone, which is good. It makes it a lot easier recording a podcast when we're actually um, at, at the same time of the day. Um, I'm in Chicago. Um, first time. No, second time in the new office. We moved offices a, a few months ago. We are surrounded by the L, which for those of you who don't know is the elevated transport system in Chicago, which I have to say is a bit of a pain in the butt because it is incredibly noisy. <laughs> yes, it is. Especially when you walk by it, underneath it, you know, and it goes... Oh. I did suggest in jest actually actually creating a bomb scare the other day when I was trying to run a training session so they would actually just stop running it for a while. Um, but that was shot down in flames. It wasn't seen as something that a safety guy should be doing. So seems like that would be frowned upon. I think it might be frowned upon. Yeah. Truly. It, it, it was in jest, I do hasten to add. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, he would never really do that. Yeah. So, but it, it, yeah, it's been a long week, um, but a really good week. I, I do enjoy coming to, to Chicago. British Airways have, have done their damnedest to make it an even longer week by delaying my flight home by five hours. Um, so I've had a, just had a very interesting conversation with, with one of the helpful people in, in, a, in a call center to try and resolve that little problem. So, um, Everyone, what he is saying right now, this is Jules trying to be a little passive, but he is very angry. I've calmed down. I have calmed down now. And you have the, you're just going straight to London, right? O'Hare, London. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst when it's a delay for one flight. Yeah. That's, yeah. And and they were very, they were very generous that they could get me onto, on, onto an earlier flight and then wanted to charge me for a seat which I've already paid for on the other flight. Um, so anyway, I'm now calming, I'm chilled, I'm relaxed, ready to do a pod, ready to chat with my buddy. And, and I am going to get home. That's the, that's the good news. The most important. You know, it's likewise, I was supposed to come there this week. Originally it was kind of the plan. Then the week changed and then we had some children obligations. And it's probably better because then we had lice one child had lice and then oh man this has been one of those weeks where i felt so bad it was thank goodness it wasn't a terrible case i think they called it a mild case or something but you know it used to you always felt like people who had lice were kind of a i never had to worry about that even when i had hair i never really had to worry about that but it was every day this has been one of those weeks i don't know every single day charlotte kate has woken up it was the six-year-old that has that had it and just she has a lot of hair um 
every day, you know, Christmas is coming. She has her elf on a shelf. It was, today's going to be a good day, daddy. Well, good, sweetie. And dadgum, if every day didn't try to kick her just a little bit, I felt so bad. And, and then yesterday, you know, once again, I'm going to have a good day today. And one of her, I'm going to try to be very polite. I haven't told you this. This was why there was a delay answering and then calling you back. One of, one of her friends, uh, she accidentally bumped into her. And there have been a few instances with this friend. Punched her in the arm. So, you know, I, Daddy Bear was getting a little angry because um, we've had a few occurrences here. But I just, one of those weeks where she's she's very chill. I mean, she can be a rough, you know, she's my little tomboy, but it's been every day. And she's she's not one to react. I was like, punch her bag. <laughs> you know, if somebody opens a floodgate. But she didn't, you know, that's good. That was the proper thing. But it's just been one of those one of those weeks. So if you normally if you normally listen to the podcast on on um, Spotify or or Apple, maybe you want to dive into YouTube just to see if there is actually anything crawling on Langdon's head. It's true. And take take a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell her it was funny. The first thing I, when we went and picked her up from school, or Lindsay picked her up from school, brought her home, and I was sitting there and. They had only found some knits, which, you know, like the little babies that attached to it or whatever. Hadn't found one. She was sitting at the bar in the kitchen. I kind of walked up and was talking to her. and You know, long hair, everyone. You can see I'm holding my finger over my left eye. And I just saw something. It just kind of, it went, turned a little horizontal to the hair. And I was like, oh, dang. So I got a napkin and pulled it off. I was like, yeah, you got it, baby. I said, but you know what? We can take care of this. I was like, honestly, we can take care of it right now. Really? I, I don't want bugs in my hair. I was like, babe. You and I look alike. Let's just, just take it to the next level. I said, I, said, I said, let's just shave it. Her look. She, what? I said, honey, if you shave your head, you don't have to worry about lice. It's not a problem. Yeah. Oh, she was just mortified. And you'll be a trendsetter. That's, you know, I'm, we're already, people say we're influencers somehow. So. We didn't shave her head. We took. We went to the lice doctor, but you know, here we are. We're good. No more lice. So actually, actually, we need to. We do need to comment on that, Langdon. Award-winning trend. Award-winning influencers. So I think, I think one thing we need to do is is actually um, say thank you to everybody who voted for us in 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 the the poll for the best health and safety podcast, which we were delighted to win. We we're. we're Slightly disappointed that we haven't got a big awards dinner and we don't have to wear our tuxes and um, we might make up for that and just do a do a pod in the tuxes anyway. Yeah, we can do our own awards dinner. Um, yeah, yeah. You just fly over here. Seems fair. There you go. Yeah, yeah. we'll do a Nashville awards dinner. Yeah, the Southern Layer for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it. Okay, I think I think the other thing to call out though as as well is. The, the great list of podcasts that was was on that list of, of sort of nominations and actually just how good it is that so many people are talking about safety yeah. and, and, and getting the message out there and doing it in, in, in sort of a different innovative way that actually makes people want to listen to it because we proved it can be really boring, can't it? We can, it can be really boring talking about We safety. have proved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have. But I think, you know, it is good people are, I, I mean, 
and I don't know where the majority of the ones who were in the race, I don't know where they were based. And, you know, I don't know if they were over UK or here, but I, you know, there's more and more podcasts about health and safety. I think it's just in general, it's good. It brings, you know, not even from an organizational standpoint, but just to health and safety in general, at least people are talking about it, thinking about it, and hopefully it's touching people that aren't safety professionals so that they can, you know, listen and kind of just take an extra thought of something, you know, that's hopefully that's all we want to do is give one spark out of a 30 minute. <laughs> if we can give one thing that makes you think we've done well, let's, let's shoot, shoot for one spark, one spark per podcast, one spark. Per, let's be more, one spark for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's that's, not be too ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. That's a big deal. <laughs> so, so today's, today's pod is going to be slightly different. Um, because I want to talk to you about Netflix, Langdon. Are you a are you a big consumer of net Netflix content? I am. Unfortunately, it's usually for uh, like six year old and below. But yes, um, <laughs> Gabby. That's I usually watch a lot of Gabby. Don't ask. I don't know what Gabby is. It's not worth it. Okay. Um, and, and I suppose question for you: Are you a are you a binger? Yeah, I am a binger. Anyway, I, I used to be a binger. You know, now you just, with little kids, as you recall, you just binge when you can, but yeah. As as a, as a sort of regular traveler, I have to say, I am a binger that I tend to find a series. If I like a series, particularly if I'm traveling, I tend to consume a lot of it in one go. Um. And somebody was recommended, you know, you get your recommendations. It says you watch this or try this. Um, yeah. And and this this program came up called The Railway Men. And it was one of those things where it was on my list and I didn't, I kept sort of, sort of avoiding it. And I was on a train down to London the other day and I started to watch it. And it was, it's quite, it's good because it's quite a short series. So it's not one of these crazy things like Lost where you spend your entire life trying to get to the end and it never, never happens. Yeah. Um, so it's quite good because it's quite short. And, and, and I actually ended up managing to watch the entire series going to London and then coming back from London. Um, and, and, and it, it was very watchable, I have to say. So, um, and it's about Bhopal. It's about the, the disaster in Bhopal, which I think happened in, it was 1984, wasn't it? Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was quite interesting because whilst it, it did have a big focus on <clears throat> the Union Carbide plant itself, it was actually also looking at, at, at what happened from the perspective of, of people working in, in the rail yard, which was, was next door to the plant. So from the perspective of particularly the, the station master, um, and also there was an element in there about sort of the challenge of the politics in India at the time, which was very divisive. Um, but it just, I just thought it was such a great lesson in terms of what we talk about, obviously safety. Um, and, and there were so many topics that were coming out of it that yeah, it's 1984. It was a major disaster. It it, it was it it's been immensely well publicised, but actually, do those things still happen 
and it may not cause something on the scale of Bhopal, but it could still cause issues within a business. So, and, and I know you you know the history of it quite well. Um, so, for example, one of the first things that this one of the opening scenes was, and you thought this is where it's going to go bang, and this is where the disaster is going to start. They were showing a, a sort of major alert on the plan where a gauge, it was actually a, a faulty gauge, was showing a completely wrong pressure rating, but a pressure rating that was going to cause a major problem. Um, so there was a bit of an alarm. People were reacting to the alarm. And then they realized it was the gauge. So there was quite an autocratic reaction from from the supervisors and the leaders afterwards, sort of berating people and then telling them to just get rid of the gauge, take the gauge off or replace the gauge. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just interesting. Again, from our perspective, we've talked about the blame, blame cycle before. The reaction to that as, as a potential incident or, a, or, or but, but nothing happened then predicated what happened a very short time later when it was a real situation because people were scared to go and put their hands up and say, we've got a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting because again, it just highlighted. So we've already got communication. We've got leadership styles. Um, the other thing that, that was going on at the time, and you, you probably know more about this than I do is actually Parts of the plant just weren't working. They, so, like they had a, they had a, a a way of burning off excess gas. It was broken, so the flare was broken. Yeah, um, and it, and it had been broken for several months, and it had been highlighted in a in a safety audit, and still nothing had been done about it. Yeah, yep. so again, even when the disaster started to unfold, they could have averted it if the equipment had been working, but it wasn't. Yeah. So we've, we're already, we're already doing pretty well in terms of completely screwing something up here, aren't we? Um, and then you've got people operating a plan with some seriously dangerous chemicals and the potential for this to happen, who were virtually brand new to their jobs and, and have really not had any kind of, suitable onboarding and training to really understand the ramifications of if I open this valve, for example, and introduce water into a pipe and there's still a chemical in there, what, what could happen? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's people operating machinery who don't understand a, the machinery and B what, what could happen as a result of the, of the actions that they take. Um, so, so, I just found it, I was, I was riveted. It was, I've got to say, I got on this train at, I think it was about six o'clock in the morning. And, and normally I get on that train, I just fall asleep. Um, but actually, I, 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 I just found this program pretty riveting. Even though it was a drama, I just thought it was a really, from a safety perspective, it was a really interesting thing to watch. And, and the, the, obviously with any drama, there might be sort of artistic license taken. But I think it's pretty accurate in terms of what it what it was portraying. Um, and I suppose one of the things I actually thought was, could twenty twenty four if you want to do something as slightly different in terms of 
coaching and training your organization maybe use this as a case study get get people to watch the series because it's actually it's an interesting program interesting program drama to watch but then use it as a case study for what could you learn from in, within your own organization around leadership around communication around the maintenance of equipment around the way that you onboard people i feel like i've done lots of talking there Langdon, and you've sat there raising your eyebrows and smiling at me and i'm gonna let you i, th I think you need you need to jump in yeah i'm good no i i think um well it is interesting so it's like roughly what the what 84 uh, roughly 39th anniversary because it was de it was early december i don't remember december 3rd and 4th or something like that um i love watching your facial expressions when you try and do mental arithmetic mate i've got to say it was quite it's quite a good face 30 it's like if I, we ought to i wish we could put all these numbers like rain man around me yeah yeah um you know but it was interesting because you think about it and and bhopal there's a lot of on top of that discrepancy around was it initially sabotage? Was it not? I think the plant was costing a lot more money than it was expected. Uh, there was a study one time that came out that was saying that was actually the preparations were for it to shut down. So, and then you have the shanty town around it. And I think to me, that's one of the big things. This was one of those I used to like when I was doing presentations a while back, I, I would start off with global impacts of health and safety. And it was just thinking about you know, the Bhopal's, the Chernobyl, the Deepwater sure. Horizon, the uh, Imperial Saltwater, uh, sure, Imperial Sugar Factory Fire, you know, things like that, that just made such an impact because this, you know, uh, MIC, methyl isocyanides, relatively stable, but massive influx of water, the rest is history, so to speak. And you start seeing the ramifications of what, you know, all these little, little failures, little uh, oversights, little whatever you want to call it, whether it was on purpose or not, you know, that's even been just, you know, some discussion around, you start seeing what all these things can, can lead to. And, and I think you hit it on earlier, the, the railway beside it, the, the community as a whole. And there was another study, and I, I don't know when this one was done, but that are saying, people that were actually not born yet, but they were in womb, the life altering effects that they have had yeah, yeah, since yeah. that tragedy. So you're saying whatever, 20,000 people, roughly 15 to 20, and the estimates are still, you know, so when we think about health and safety, I think that's an important thing to think about is, you know, maybe now, knock on wood, fortunately, we haven't had the same as catastrophic, I and mean, that's one of the worst ones. But I mean, that, that doesn't mean we, we couldn't, whether, even if it was, you know, a, um, a purposeful event, you know, I, I don't know that I'm just hypothetically, we could still have major incidents. You know, we have nuclear factories everywhere, like the Chernobyl. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that, that could go wrong if we, we don't focus, you know, focus on the right, focus on how to be better. And I, I think, I think you hit that pretty well to me it's trying to make better decisions yeah and it, and it's a long-term it's a, it's a long-term effect isn't it when you think about anything to do with chemicals if you have any kind of leak spillage you've got things like ground contamination that takes years to to, to sort of recover from 
And then, as you've said, is there's the sort of the ongoing effects on people in terms of, of sort of birth defects. And that, that's been an ongoing problem post Bhopal. Um, and, and I mean, in this, we're not even getting into the kind of morals of of the Western world sort of sort of taking their dirty processes and their waste and, 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 and dumping it on the third world. That's that's another whole subject. Um, yeah. But it was quite interesting in this particular program because it was looking at it from this different perspective. It's the ripple effect, um, and actually one of the one of the the things that was happening on the railway was there was an express train heading towards Bhopal with a thousand people on it, and they realised they realised something was going on, and they realised that actually we're sending another thousand people into a in effect a death zone here. Oh. We need to do something about it. But again. The systems on the railway were broken, so so they had issues with maintenance on on the railway with the communication systems. So they couldn't communicate between the stations. They couldn't communicate with the train, and actually get the train to stop. Um, so again, it, it it brings out another whole sort of area of of challenges that, that that were happening. But I just thought it was a really fascinating sort of case study. And it's probably one that doesn't get talked about a great deal these days. So it's, I think it's good that Netflix have, have brought it back to our consciousness that that actually it it's just that reminder again. Not 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 that that we're saying plants are like like the Bhopal plant, but all of those things that that contributed towards it happening still happen in modern factories in the US, in the in, in the UK, in Europe, in, in, in APAC, um, maybe to a slightly lesser scale. But again, if we can get the refocus back into them and, and get people thinking about how do we communicate? Yeah. yeah. How does leadership behave? If something does go wrong, how do we react to it? Um, and again, I always talk about black box thinking, which is a which is a great book. Do we have a negative or a positive reaction? Because actually the positive reaction then breeds better behaviours in the future where people learn learn from things that have gone wrong and stop them from happening again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thinking about our onboarding and our training. The thing that makes me laugh with onboarding is, is so often is we do a great job of onboarding people. Yeah. And then we stop talking to them. Yeah. And Langdon's chuckling at that point. But we are. We're so good at it, aren't we? Saying, we've trained them good job well and i think to that we that's what exactly what you said we just get so caught up on we got to get you in this training we got to make sure you've done the training have you done the training you're past due on the training have you done all the trainings you need i mean we're very and a lot of times because we have to right you know there's a compliance but have you done your you know, whatever your hascom training. Have you done, do you understand your ergo training? Have you done it? Do you know what the job's going to entail? Have you done all your HRs, the sexual harassment that, you know, and instead of it really trying to be a improving thing, it's just a check, 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 check. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's the thing again, we like to talk about lots, which is, is is sort of mood, a, a bit of a mood shift from training to coaching, mm-hmm. um, and 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 really that's all about training's great, but actually very often a what we miss is is the check on understanding to have people really understood the training that they've gone through, yeah, yeah. 
But then it's that, are they able to put it into practice? And if you don't put it into practice straight away, actually what happens is people forget it, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's that on-the-job coaching to keep, it's, it's that reinforcement piece, yeah? I, yeah. I, say, I say it so often, I, I, I can't remember whether I've said it on the pod or not before, but it's number seven. And, and again, yeah, we, how many times do we need to tell somebody something or do they need to experience something before it becomes really easy for them to just use that knowledge and put it into practice? And mm-hmm. the theory is seven times. I have to say, I think that's pretty conservative. Um, quite often you, and I'm talking from personal experience here. Of course. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but quite often we do things multiple times. We still struggle sometimes to just recall how exactly to do it so to me one of the again we probably talk talk about 2024 and 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 moving forwards one of the big things for me for 2024 should be can you do more coaching can you create more coaches in your organization so that we actually we're actually confident and comfortable with the way that people are approaching different job roles Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people, I think we see it pretty regular. A lot of organizations are, you know, they're progressing. They're making better decisions, ones we talk with, and they we get very caught up on culture. How can we get better this or better this, better engagement? How can we do? And sometimes, you know, I think we have to be very, reflective or whatever you want to call it, introspective to where we are, they, they sometimes places aren't even to that level. So what are the baseline of what we can do to be better? And, and then start thinking, what does this really mean? You know, and, and that's what I think is sometimes a, a struggle is we have to figure out how to, how to be better so that we can do a lot of these processes, a lot of these programs that that we already have in place, and then that can help really instill it and drive that that better change. And I, I agree, find champions, be be coachable, be uh, open to learning, so that we can start improving. I mean, dang, it might just be getting a better investigation process, or what you know, in general. And I think those are things that if if we start making those little tweaks, we start seeing a Hopefully a better outcome. Yeah. So so this week's spark from two bald guys is go watch Netflix. There's a lot. There's also a Chernobyl show on Netflix. Chernobyl's on there as well. Yeah. There's, there are so many shows that you could, I mean, we're being slightly tongue in cheek, but there are so many shows where, again, you can, you can, you can just take some really good takeaways from them, can't you, around things that need to happen. Um, and again, Chernobyl, Chernobyl was very similar, wasn't it? It was it was that whole cultural problem that people couldn't admit mistakes, they couldn't admit a lack of knowledge, and they couldn't put their hands up. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Go watch Netflix. So good job. Learn Go history. Watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's yeah. I agree. Um, there's a lot out there we can learn from, and at least spark conversation. Because right, we're only Hopefully, things like this won't happen again. But realistically, I mean, we see it every day. Fatalities have gone up in the U.S. No valid. It's not necessarily massive uh, catastrophic issues like this. But 
I mean, every once in a while, you know, the Deepwater Horizon, that was what, 10, maybe 10 years ago. And I saw the environmental damage to that um, shortly after when we were going to the beach. And you, I had a friend who was working cleanup. I mean, there's so many things that incidents happen every day. And it's it's kind of what we've gone back to. How can we mitigate those so that we can fail safely? And I, that's, I think, something we, we want to... We've talked about, but maybe start really thinking, how can we be, how can we be different and think differently when it comes to health and safety moving forward? Yeah. And I think, I think I I was being serious. I think how can we, sometimes it's how can we freshen up the things that we do? So maybe one of the ways we freshen up some of the health and safety training we do with our teams is just do do, do something a bit different. Go and watch a Netflix show and let's come up with your key takeaways from it. So, yeah. Hmm. So I like that training. I like that kind of training. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks. I'll let Langdon sign off in his usual fashion. Well, Jules, hope you have a safe flight this evening. Thank you. And to all those others who are listening and traveling to their destinations, I hope you stay healthy, stay safe. Most importantly, watch each other's back out there. See you, everyone. Hey, everyone. Really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. And in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days and about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back.